Our scripture reading this morning comes from 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 through 11. Hear the words of our Lord. For I handed on to you, as the first importance, what I, in turn, had received. Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scripture, and that he appeared to Cephas, and then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters at one time, most whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unfit to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am who I am, and his grace toward me has not been in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we proclaim, and so you have come to believe. This is word of God for the people of God. Amen. Here in our scripture reading, Paul is reminding the Corinthians of his foundational teachings. As I have come to study this passage more and more as part of uh, the message, I wish I would have entitled this sermon, The Resurrection in February. I mean, Easter is a little over a couple of months away, but it's never a bad time to talk about the resurrection as Paul spoke of it constantly as a pivotal moment in his faith and defining moment for us as followers of the resurrected Lord. Now, as it was brought to my attention, every Sunday is a call to celebrate the resurrected Lord. But what we see from Paul's teachings is that as true believers, as sincere followers, it's simply not enough to celebrate once a year or once a month or even once a week. Moreover, it's important for us to remember and celebrate every day of our lives. For the resurrection is what forms us and develops us. And it's what pushes us into the greatness God has designed for all of us. Through the resurrection, we are not affected by the world around us, but rather by the spirit that raised Christ from the dead that is within us. This is good news. This is the good news, and we have the opportunity to pass on this goodness to people we encounter daily. But talking about the church, talking about Jesus and uh, the gospel can be challenging, especially in today's tense and polarizing times we find ourselves in. Sharing our faith can be overwhelming. Sometimes we just simply don't know where to start. 
Sometimes we don't feel worthy enough. And some of us still think that sharing the gospel is just a job reserved for the pastor. But what we learn from Paul today is that not only of the resurrection in our everyday lives, of the importance of the resurrection in our everyday lives, but we also learn of the importance of passing on this goodness and how we, each of us, even the least, even the most unfit to be called an apostle, has a part in sharing the good news. As I said, sharing our faith can be overwhelming, but I suggest that we take a page from Paul's, play, uh, Paul's playbook and we start with our own personal experience. Each of us has had an encounter with the resurrected Christ, whether that be through a family member or a friend or a life experience or just a stranger who simply invited us to church. We have all had a life-changing experience through the living God yet our experience might differ, we can start there. Paul's encounter is quite the story. Paul was originally known as Saul of Tarsus, who was a Pharisee in Jerusalem. And after the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ, Saul swore to wipe out all the new followers of Christ and the communities associated with them. Saul obtained letters from the high priest authorizing him to arrest any followers of Jesus in the city of Damascus. On the road to Damascus, Saul and his companions were struck down by a blinding light. Saul heard a voice say, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And when he asked who was speaking, the voice replied, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Saul was blinded. They led him into Damascus to a man named Judas. For three days, Saul was blind and didn't eat or drink. Meanwhile, Jesus, in a vision, appeared to a disciple in Damascus and told him to go to Saul. That disciple was so afraid because he knew Saul's reputation as a merciless persecutor of the new movement. Jesus repeated his commandment, explaining that Saul was going to be his chosen instrument to deliver the gospel to the Gentiles, their kings, and all the people of Israel. So the disciple found Saul at Judah's house, praying for help. He laid his hands on Saul telling him that Jesus sent him to restore his sight and that Saul might be filled with the Holy Spirit. Something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could now see. He arose and became a believer. Saul ate and regained his strength and stayed in Damascus with the uh, disciples that were there. And after this conversion, Saul's name changed to Paul. Often our experiences and our own personal stories of encounter with the resurrected Christ often are the most powerful and transformative. Paul's life-changing experience on the road to Damascus led to his baptism and instruction into the faith and into following Christ. He became one of the most determined apostles suffering brutal 
physical punishment, persecution, and finally martyrdom. When God brings a person into faith in Jesus Christ, God already knows this person will be in service to the kingdom, and God uses this person and their abilities. But regardless of our own iniquities, regardless of Paul's iniquities, despite our downfalls and despite our previous acts against God, God can and will use each of us to bring glory to the kingdom. As Christians, transformed by God's power, everything we build, everything we do is built on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is our strength in our everyday living. The power enables us to overcome the elements of the world, even the elements that tell us we aren't good enough. You know, I imagine people discredited Paul for his sudden revelation of Christ. I imagine some doubted his and questioned his sincerity because of all the horrible things that he did. And certainly the religious leaders didn't think too highly of Paul after his conversion. And as I reflect on the writings found in Corinthians, Paul, we see, allowed the negativity of the world and the views of others sink into his innermost being. But he didn't allow those things to stop him from sharing the gospel. He continued to speak truth and led others to the transformative work of the resurrection. Despite the iniquities that he thought that he had, Paul didn't let society sink in. Paul persisted and passed on the goodness bringing about a message of Christ to everyone he encountered and changing the world as it existed. So today, in this month, as we celebrate Black History Month, I couldn't help but to think of strong black men and women that God has used in our own lifetime to bring about change and good news. People like Dr. Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who wrote letters from Birmingham Jail where he was imprisoned for participating in a nonviolent demonstration against segregation. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. wrote a long-handed letter in his rebuttal to a public statement of concern and caution issued by eight religious leaders in the South. I think of people like Rosa Parks, who I happen to share a birthday with, who refused to give up her seat, leading to her arrest and to the Montgomery bus boycott in the 1950s. Rosa became an international icon for resistance to racial segregation. People like Oklahoma's very own Clara Looper, best known for her leadership in the 1958 Oklahoma City sit-in movement, as she and her youngest daughter and son and numerous other young members of the NAACP Youth Council successively conducted a non-violent sit-in protest from downtown drugstore luncheon counters, which overturned their policies on segregation. And the list can go on and on. Much like God used Paul, God used these men and women in action of civil disobedience 
to bring about good news to all people and change the face of the world as it existed. This is why sharing our faith is so important. This is why sharing our experience with the resurrection of God is so important. Passing on the goodness is how we reveal Christ to others, bringing about change to a world so overcome by sin. But the last thing that I would like to highlight is what we find in Paul's letters to the Corinthians and how he suggests the importance of passing on our faith from generation to generation. As he said in verse 3, For I had handed on to you as of first importance what I in turn received. In our confirmation classes these past weeks, we have been exploring the history and heritage of our faith. Last week, Pastor Brian came and talked to us and gave us a little history lesson of our faith prior to the Reformation. We learned about our Jewish ancestors and, had, and how our faith had been passed down over the centuries. And thanks to people like Paul and others, of course. This week, we studied the church after the Res Reformation and what it means to be a Methodist. But more importantly, what it means to be a village United Methodist. So in preparation for this lesson, Jenny, our children's ministry coordinator, who's also overseeing confirmation, came to me and said that she needed pictures of this church from past years and who she could talk to about finding those. I told her about this huge photo album that we have that sits in the lobby of the church, and Wednesday we got to go through it together. It was incredible to see, to go through this photo album and to see so many familiar faces, so many unknown faces, and so many faces that we miss. As I sat and turned the pages, we reflected on all the unwavering work of this church community with the world. It was so interesting to see those faces, familiar and unfamiliar, and missed, and realized the impact that those lives have had and continue to have today. I thought how powerful it would be for those kids in confirmation to see their parents and their grandparents, siblings and relatives, and even themselves in this book and how beautiful it was for us to have something to pass down of our history to those who come after us. After all, these will be the kids that will carry on our legacy and carry on our faith. So church, sharing our faith in the resurrected Lord is how we bring about change to a world so overcome by sin and darkness. This happens by passing on the goodness of Christ from, to all those that we encounter, from person to person to generation to generation. May we continue to share in the life a love of Jesus Christ, the resurrected Lord, our God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.